This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 117, The Billionaire's Secret is Giving the Key to Wealth. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Well, hello there. We're, I'm so glad to have you here, and I'm going to be going through some pretty fun content together with you today. Uh, my name is Mark Willis, Certified Financial Planner, and oh wait, Holly Bach is not in the studio with me today, but it's for a great reason. She has thankfully with her husband given birth to a beautiful little baby girl. They are enjoying some much needed time off uh, or time on, as you would say, with uh, being brand new parents. I hope you guys are getting great sleep. Holly and Jacob, as you guys are just getting started on this wonderful journey of parenting. So um, uh, if you're listening to this still, uh, welcome and glad to have you. It's just me today in the studio, but I'm with you uh, and I can't wait to get into some cool content with you today. We're going to be getting into one of the more weird and counterintuitive financial concepts I've recently come across, this being right around Thanksgiving. So again, hopefully your stuffing and turkey hasn't totally tripped to fan you out into a sleepy stupor, but I'm so glad that you've made it through the holidays and you've no doubt got a lot more to be grateful for. So, you know, in fact, I was thinking some about this. You know, it's it's even early on in our life that we learn it's better to give than to receive. You know, we're taught really to give, and honestly, it feels good to help other people in need. So we're going to be talking about that concept of giving together today. And so I want to dive a little deeper. Is there something maybe even deeper uh, to our reasons and feelings for giving? You know, what drives people to go back to the scene of devastation possibly and, and maybe even helping people and disaster victims and people who've made it through traumatic events to actually serve people, counsel people, serve people, build houses, feed, clothe, shelter. You know, it's easier to uh, stay home in the comfort of our own home or to, to focus all on ourselves. But there are some people out there who figured out the secret is in the giving. So while it's gratifying to know that, you know, we'll be possibly helping somebody and others are benefited from it, sometimes, you know, you might stumble across the the kind of the uncertain feeling of, hey, you know, why am I why am I doing this? Why am I serving? Why am I giving uh, this time of year? If, if you're a, a parent with a child who doesn't maybe always respond in the best way to the the service and the gift that you give, or if you're working in a, a volunteer ministry or a service or a soup kitchen or something at this time of year, it's important to know that there's a, a, you know, a real power in giving, but sometimes we stop and ask, you know, why am I doing this again? You know, I mean, it's, it's built, built right into our human DNA. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi said, for it is in giving that we receive. So it is in giving that we receive. Leo Tolstoy uh, said the sole meaning in life is to serve humanity. And uh, Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. You know, and I think actually finally a Chinese proverb I stumbled across in preparation for this episode says, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. 
And if you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody else. Boy, that is a powerful, just, you know, concentrated orange juice of a proverb right there. And so many other quotes could be filling our episode together today. But I want to talk to you. You know, while philosophers and saints can really make it sound nice and wax poetic, is there really any science or hard data? I mean, this is a financial podcast after all, not just a feel-good podcast. Are there any real data points behind the idea of giving as it being good for the giver, for you, the one who gives? The resounding answer I've found after doing some research for this episode is yes. Yes, today, scientific research provides compelling data to support that idea, that notion of giving uh, one's time, talents, treasures, is actually a powerful pathway to finding purpose, transcending your own difficulties, and actually finding fulfillment and meaning in life. So at the University of California, Berkeley, researchers are really challenging the long-held beliefs that human beings are hardwired to be selfish. And in fact, uh, one of the co-directors of the UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center Uh, Dasher Keltner says, because of our very vulnerable offspring, the fundamental task for human survival and gene replication is to take care of others. So this this, uh, UC Berkeley um, director, co-director says, it's actually out of a need and a genetic impulse to serve and take care of our very vulnerable, especially vulnerable human babies. Um, It's where we get this notion to help each other out. You know, when it may even cost me something or cost you something. Human beings have really survived as a species, not because we were selfish, but because we had a need to cooperate and because we had the capacity to care for others in need. So, you know, that's that's a profound comment, a profound statement. You know, it flies in the face of a lot of, you know, traditional Darwinian thought, right, that we're just out for survival, But we're now thinking that possibly human beings are specially designed to care and to give. So Jorge Moll and Jordan Groffman, who are neuroscientists at the National Institutes of Health, conducted uh, some studies that really fascinated me as we prepared uh, for this episode for all of of you, our listeners. So our studies in the mid-2000s examined that the brain actually has the impulse to give uh, and that it originates in the brain. Right? They want, you know, so these uh, scientists wanted to find out why it feels so good to help other people. Their studies asked people to make some donations to charities, and they would use fMRI machines uh, really to detect physical changes in the brain uh, of the participants while they make those choices about giving to charity with actual real money. And what's so interesting to me, and I think you'll find this interesting too, is it turns out that a similar pattern of brain activity was seen when the subject was either asked to donate to a charity or to take money for themselves. Listen to that. That's really interesting. So the results of that study really demonstrates that when volunteers place the interests of others above their own, generosity activates a primitive part of the brain that similarly lights up in the response to food, babies, and romantic partners. So that's really, really interesting. Their experiment, these neuroscientists experimented uh, with first evidence uh, with this idea of the joy of giving, this concept of the joy of giving that has some sort of biological basis in the brain. So surprisingly, uh, as I was looking into this, one of uh, of those ideas is that uh, shared with selfish longings and rewards is this concept of joy of giving. 
strangely, in the same part of the brain. So altruism, this experiment suggests, was not a superior moral faculty uh, that suppresses down our selfish urges, but actually it's the opposite. It's hardwired into the brain and it's just as pleasurable as food or sex. Fascinating stuff, right? So it's a chicken and egg question. Are we especially wealthy? Uh, uh, Are the especially wealthy among us wealthy because they give or do they give because they're wealthy? So let me ask the question again. Are they especially wealthy um, uh, among us, these especially wealthy people among us here, are they wealthy because they give or do they give because they're wealthy? Now, most of us, including myself, would say that it seems like there's like, you know, they give because they're wealthy. They're looking for tax breaks or whatever. But a careful look at the media today will make it seem like there's a competition between billionaires to see who can give the most. In fact, some of the richest people in the world donate billions and billions and billions every year, but their income doesn't seem to be shrinking. In fact, one of the more famous examples of this was uh, the, the concept of uh, the Bill Gates Foundation when, when he set up a really a, a, a call to other 100 plus millionaires and all the way up to billionaires to give away at least half of their fortune before they pass away. So that's a really cool high bar for folks to achieve. And some really interesting results have happened. So the world's biggest philanthropist, uh, Bill Gates, has donated over $51 billion in his lifetime so far. And yet his wealth keeps getting bigger. It keeps increasing year after year. In fact, he was featured as the number one person on the world's billionaires list from more than any other person. And he's worth an estimated $105 billion. That's $105,000 million. So in 2019, this year alone, as we're recording this, Bill Gates has given away $35 billion this year, this year alone, but did not see his personal net worth drop. That's according to Bloomberg. So something's up there, right? Uh, Even so, very few people can prove that giving directly leads to more wealth. I mean, if you just look at the math there, right? Subtraction does not lead to addition. Giving away wealth should not lead to more wealth. It doesn't make sense from an economic standpoint. And as a financial planner, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put myself in that camp too, right? The research actually says otherwise, right? The research has said that it's indeed shown that giving might just increase your wealth. That, that floored me when I read that, uh, when I read those studies. So American social scientist and president of the American Enterprise Institute, Arthur C. Brooks, he tried to analyze this, this connection between giving and wealth. So how can we prove that giving doesn't just increase uh, because wealth increases, but actually it's the other way around, right? That giving actually increases wealth. How does, how does one go about studying that or looking into that? So this, uh, this scientist, uh, Mr. Brooks, analyzed data from the Social Capital Community Benchmark Survey, which is a survey of about 30,000 people in over 40 communities in the United States. And he took into account tons of different distinctions, differences in education, race, religion, tons of stuff, okay? And so this study that he did reveals or revealed that the people who give charitably make a lot more money than people who don't. Okay, well, that, that seems like a no-brainer, right? Uh, you can't give what you don't have. Uh, so you, you'd think that the more wealthy among us would give more to charity. But the study also revealed that giving actually increases by 7% when people's wealth increases by 10%. 
So the fact that people give more when they earn more isn't super tough to <laughs> figure out why, right? But what we want to establish is if giving actually leads to that wealth increase, okay? So Brooks analyzes available data using what economists call an instrumental variable. Basically, that's something that's closely related to charitable donations but does not directly tie to uh, money, maybe like volunteering, right? So we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So by analyzing people's volunteering habits in relation to their giving habits, Brooks was able to establish this really interesting connection between giving and wealth. So here's what he found. The analysis that he did revealed that volunteers willing to sacrifice their precious finite amount of time have a, quote, charitable impulse. And that same impulse also translated uh, to them giving more money to uh, favorite charities, right, than the general populace might have given. So using data available from this massive survey of over 30,000 people, Brooks found out that regardless of income, there is an increase in wealth for people who give more. So his analysis revealed that a family that gave away $100 more than another family in the same income bracket would earn, predictably, on average, $375 more as a result of their generosity. Let me say that again, because that's pretty huge, right? That's a pretty big wake-up call. So he, he discovered that for the average family that gave away effectively $100, would, would actually be earning more on average um, than $375 more than, than the average person or family across from them just because of a result of their generosity. That's huge, right? Hearing this study in preparation for this episode really floored me. I'd never seen a direct causation between giving and wealth like that before. But it makes sense from a religious standpoint, but it never really made sense as a financial planner to give away wealth from a financial standpoint. There was never really any scientific data for me to back it up. Now, this pretty awesome, robust study gives me the first evidence that I can come to you uh, to show you that there is actually a correlation and a causation between giving, giving away your wealth, as an actually good investment strategy, right? How is that possible? How can giving away your wealth actually be a good investment strategy to grow your wealth? I mean, talk about not your average financial thinking, right? So maybe this idea is not so radical after all. In fact, go back to Sir John Templeton. He's one of the greatest investors of the 20th century. He's probably helped more families than most any other individual set up a financial plan um, toward financial independence. So he says, and, and I quote, I've observed 100,000 families over my years of investment counseling. I always saw greater prosperity and happiness among those families who tithed than among those who didn't. So I think there's some interesting goals there, right? What's the ultimate goal? Is the ultimate goal the biggest number on a page? In which case, Bill Gates' strategy of giving away most of his fortune makes no sense, right? If we're trying to build the biggest number on the page. But if the goal is happiness, like Sir John Templeton says, then maybe it's something more than just a number on a page, okay? But these studies that we're finding from Arthur Brooks and more actually say that when you give away wealth, you're going to increase that number on the page at the same time. But why? Why does giving lead to wealth? Okay, so let's figure this out. Number one, I believe that giving increases your sense of wealth. Giving increases your sense of wealth. 
So in, in the study that came out uh, by Zoe Chance of Yale University, Michael Norton of Harvard Business School, they called the study, I Give, Therefore I Have. It was a really interesting study doing some preparation for the episode. They said it was observed that giving away money psychologically increases the giver's sense of wealth. So basically what that means is when you know that you've given away money, it makes you feel wealthier than you might actually be. And when you feel wealthier than you might actually be, you start to act like a wealthier person. So that brings, I guess, us to number two, giving increases your happiness. So nothing supersedes the feeling of happiness and fulfillment uh, than what comes from giving to the less privileged. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we can get this sort of giver's high, uh, this feeling of joy uh, when we give. So when I give, I'm going to get that sort of dopamine hit response, the same that I might get if I was eating my favorite food. But fMRI studies show now show us that you can either receive or you can give, and it's the same pleasurable reaction in my brain, in your brain. Okay, so when we feel it, when we see our children excited on Christmas morning, or when we give to somebody who's less fortunate, or to a cause that we truly care about, If you're prone to feel that stress or depression around the holidays, maybe one way to relieve some of that stress would be to volunteer at a local shelter or a neighborhood uh, holiday event, you know? I know a lot of people who get anxious around the holidays, all the travel, the stress, the finances. Well, one of the ways you can increase your happiness is to give. You get that giver's high. And again, it actually increases your own sense of wealth. When you have more than enough, when you're able to give more, you feel wealthier and therefore you act wealthier and then therefore you become wealthier, okay? So that's number one and number two. Number three, giving increases your productivity. A happy man is more productive, right? There's no doubt about it. A happy person is a more productive person. So giving increases your happiness and that leads to fulfillment. It leads to a sense of purpose, which in turn increases your productivity in your day-to-day activities. So, Think about it this way. Imagine for a minute that you open up your account statements and you find that you are now worth officially $10 million. So way to go. First of all, congratulations. You're going to be like absolutely thrilled, I'm sure. But let me ask you, how ravenously driven will you be to now be worth $11 million, right? At some point in your financial life, the next million won't matter as much, right? Uh, It just won't. So you're going to have to shift. You're going to have to make at some point, you're going to have to make some sort of a shift uh, in your in your mental gears that gets you motivated out of bed, pushing, driving to do something for more than just the number on the page. You're going to find more fulfillment, more happiness, more sense of purpose, and therefore you'll become more productive. And I believe that when you're more productive, you build more wealth. Okay. So when you have a sense of purpose beyond yourself, when you're giving, past your own needs, you're going to end up building more wealth for yourself and ultimately for others. So to stay productive, really, you need a purpose. And that purpose will drive you to work harder than you ever have driven, been driven before. Like when I found out that we were going to have a baby, man, I worked harder and than I had ever worked before just to make sure we had that nest ready, right? Financially speaking. So, and you know, I'd, I'd say if you could find that why, if you could find your purpose, you don't have to like literally be having a baby to get that 
fire under your butt. You can get out there and make yourself more productive when you know your why, when you have that sense of purpose. So this is not about whether or not having a large net worth is a good thing or a bad thing. I know plenty of people who have a small number on the page but are much more fulfilled emotionally, socially, spiritually, and so forth. It's more than that, right? It's about helping you achieve that higher net worth because you realized that something was more important than the dollar as your main target. Do you have a bigger why than your bank account? Okay, actually, I think uh, I like to think of net worth or income really as a reflection of value you've brought to the world. Now, it's only one measure. It's not it's, it's not the only, it's certainly not the only measure. It may not even be the best measure. In fact, there's a, a law, kind of a rule of thumb or an anecdote out there called Goodhart's Law. Goodhart says, when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measurement. So let me say that again. When a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measurement. Basically, in other words, if you're chasing your net worth as the main target, you will fail. You will fail to help you in reaching your largest possible potential and benefit you can bring the world. Your net worth may just be a measurement of your true target, which might be to bring massive value in service to others. So don't forget that serving others will keep you uh, and your focus on your main target. The number on the page is a mile marker, but it's not the destination. Okay. And that's ultimately going to make you more productive. So as a side effect, your network will increase. And your net worth will increase. The more people you serve, the more uh, your network will grow. The more your network grows, the more your net worth will grow. Uh, But that main thing is to reach that potential. In other words, you know, you you don't want the word potential written on your gravestone, right? I mean, potential is a great word except when it's on your gravestone. He had such potential. I don't want that on my gravestone. I want to be able to reach my potential on this side of heaven, right? And so another side benefit uh, is your own personal happiness. Go back to number two, right? You, be, you derive a certain sense of pleasure uh, when you give. So, you know, I'd say that those are some key, three key things in terms of helping you uh, let giving help you lead to wealth. So even if you don't have money to give, back to Mr. Brooks' study, you can give your time. So the good news is, You get gratitude, you get happiness and wealth creation when you give money and time to causes and people you care about. So that's that was the big aha moment for me in in getting ready for this episode today. However, you could get similar results by donating time, skills, your knowledge, food, or even your own blood, right? Blood blood banks are a perfect perfect example of this. So giving, no matter what form it comes in, might just lead to an increase in your wealth. There's real ROI, return on investment, or return on giving, ROG, I guess, right? So some takeaways from this episode. One, if you're not satisfied with your personal financial situation, contribute to save lives. Help the less privileged. It will create in you a sense of wealth. Number two, if the holiday doldrums get you down every year, try volunteering or donating to a cause that you care about. Number three, speaking of adding value, we would love to hear from you. Oh, quite literally, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a voice message by going to uh, our specific webpage that we've set up just to leave voicemail messages from you to us. So let us know in your own words 
how our podcast has transformed your view of money, helped you get clarity around your goals towards serving others, you can go to www.speakpipe.com slash N-Y-A-F-P. That's not your average financial podcast, N-Y-A-F-P. So we'd love to hear from you and we might just play your message in an upcoming episode. So the next thing and the second thing we'd love to have you do is to leave us an iTunes review. If this has been a valuable episode for you, please let others know about it. It really helps get the word out. You can go to uh, notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, click on leave a review, and then take a, a screenshot of it and send it to hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com. If you send us that screenshot, we'll send you a free book of uh, Pamela Yellen's brand new book, uh, Rescue Your Retirement. So do leave us that iTunes review, take a picture of it, and we'd be very happy to give you something as you've given something to us. It's a tremendous back and forth. I love the relationships we've built through building this podcast. And I want to thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.